0: Jesus you know and the Holy Spirit and we talked to you last week about worshiping God in spirit and in truth and hopefully uh, you better understand now about worshiping in spirit Um, the in truth part you know according to the Word of God that's always been pretty easy but in spirit a lot of uh, uh, bizarre things have been said about what it means to worship in spirit so we trust that we gave you Uh, last week how to worship in spirit because the Bible says that God is seeking people to worship him how in spirit and in truth now today I want to talk oh and by the way just just a little review here when you come to church when you come to church What's the number one motive that you should have when you come to church? It's to first and foremost, what? Worship God. Secondly, is to hear the word of God, right? And thirdly, is to fellowship with fellow believers, right? Now, you'd be surprised how many... Folks I've dealt with over the many, many many decades now. So I'm not talking about anybody in here, okay? But now remember, if the shoe fits, what? You gotta wear it. But I'm not targeting this at anybody in here, but I'm decades of this, and even in other churches. Uh, You'd be surprised how many people come to church, and the number one reason they come is to see their friends and fellowship. Now, now, you know what? Seeing your friends and fellowshipping, how many of you know that is good? That's wonderful. But that shouldn't be the first thing on the list. The first thing on the list should be what? Worshiping God. We need to keep him first, don't we? And then the second thing is to hear the word. And then thirdly, and very importantly, to fellowship with your friends, okay? Just don't get that list out of whack, because I would say, probably, conservatively speaking, about ninety-five percent of the people I've dealt with over decades—I'm talking about Christians, spirit-filled Christians—main reason they come to church is to see their friends and fellowship. And, and 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 while that's good, it's just out of whack, isn't it? Isn't it? We need to keep God first. We come here today to worship and adore the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, to hear the word, which we're doing right now. And then thirdly, to fellowship. But there's nothing wrong with fellowship and before the service, after the service. It's all good. That just should That should be number three on the list. Now, today I want to talk to you about a major problem that I've seen over decades. And it isn't getting any better. But I'm teaching this to just make you aware of it so that we don't fall into... The traps here. Of what we're going to be talking about today. Major problem. I've seen it over decades. Concerning the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in the United States. And it's this right here. What I'm going to say right now. It's idol worship. Idol worship. And I'm not talking about. Idol like. You don't have anything to do. So you're idle. I'm talking about putting a statue up. Somewhere and worship in it. You mean Christians do that? Well, they might not put a statue up and bow down before the statue in that way. But they sure, 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 sure are involved in idol worship. Absolutely. Now, so idol, I don't mean I-D. How do you spell idol? I I D L E. I'm talking about I-D-O-L. Now, it's possible, I think, even to be an idol worshiper and you don't even realize it sometimes. So we're going to talk about these things today. Now, you say, what in the world is an idol? Well, it's simply put, it's this. An idol is anything or anyone that is put ahead of God. Anyone or anything that you put ahead of God has become an idol to you. Now, you need to remember, there is an innate need and desire within all human beings to worship. Perhaps that is the main reason God gave us commandments one and two on the list of ten. How many remembers what one and two is? Number one is, you shall have no other gods before me. God doesn't want you to be an idol worshiper. And by the way, you need to realize this about God. He is a jealous God. You understand that? Bible's clear on that. He wants your worship, all of it. He doesn't want it going anywhere else. And how many of you know he's worthy of it? He deserves it. And then the second commandment is you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them nor serve them now did you realize that's number one and number two on the list of 10 what is he saying there no idols no idols don't put anything before him no idols so there must be a reason that God, Stresses that as number one and number two, it's because people have an innate they have an innate need to worship and and you see idol worship all throughout the Old Testament, bizarre bizarre cases of it throughout the entirety. Of the Old Testament, you see God's people doing it. You see people doing it that you would shake your head and wouldn't believe doing it. You see it all the way into the New Testament. You're in the New Testament church, all the way down to the present hour here on September uh, 16, 2018. So we need to be aware of this. Now, as you look into the Old Testament, we'll get to the New Testament here in a moment, but you look in the Old Testament... Uh, well we'll just I mean I could go on for days. I don't mean hours. I mean days and days. and we could talk about all the idol worship in the Old Testament. We go on days, talk about it. But let's just just highlight a couple of, of things. First of all, remember who is the Father of faith? Anybody know? Abraham. Abraham, before his name before he got saved and his name was changed, it was Abram, and Abram was an idol worshiper. Do you know that? He was an idol worshiper. Oh, how many of you know God loves idol worshipers? He does he loves everybody, doesn't he? And he got through to Abram and called him out of the place that he was, and and Abraham Abram believed God, changed God changed his name to Abraham. And it was accounted to him for righteousness and he got saved, okay? But Abram, just pointing it out, was an idol worshiper to start. Now here's another most famous, probably the most famous one in all the Bible is in Exodus, go to Exodus 32, the golden calf incident. How many remembers the golden calf incident? After God delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage, you know, they came across the Red Sea, they're out there, Moses goes up onto the mountain, you know, and Aaron's down there, his brother's down there overseeing the people, and and uh, they make that golden calf, you know. How many remembers that? You remember that from Sunday school? And uh, we've talked about it in here over the years from time to time, but just, we could read the whole story, but just... Notice uh, God speaking to Moses here in Exodus 32.8. He says to, to Moses, he says, they, this is the people now, have turned aside quickly. You need to realize it's real easy to turn your attention off God real quickly and get your attention on something else. And notice they've turned. Oh, and by the way, I, just, I need to say this because just about the time you're sitting there saying, well, I would never do that. I'd never do that. I'd never do what they did. I'd never. I'd never do what I'd never do what Adam would do. I never would do what he did in the Garden of Eden. I'd never do that. I'd never do what these people. When when you have that kind of an attitude, you're on the your next one on the list to become an idol worshiper. That don't have that attitude. You need to realize, and I do too, that it's real easy to become an idol worshiper, and we always need to be on guard. Can you say Amen? amen. Okay, that nothing takes the place ahead of God in our lives. Now Exodus 32.8, God says to Moses, He says, they've turned aside quickly out of the way which I've commanded them. They've made themselves a molded calf, or a golden calf, and worshipped it, and what? And, and, and worshipped it, and what? I <laughs> can't believe these people. They worshipped it, And sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, who brought him out of the land of Egypt? God, Almighty God, with a powerful hand. He split the Red Sea, all of that. And this isn't too long after the Red Sea now. He just had done it not too too long before. This is not like 500 years later. I mean, this this just happened. And just that quick, they've got a golden calf up there. And they're uh, saying, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. We bow down to it and worship it and sacrifice to it. Isn't that something? How many of you find that um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But again, if we're sitting here saying, well, I'd never do that, we need to be on guard because whenever you have that attitude, it may not be a golden calf, but it might be something else. Might be a gold ring, huh? Or gold watch or a car. Who knows? Here's another one. First Kings 11. Go over there. King Solomon. Now, you would never think. That a man that God appeared to him twice started out with such a humble attitude and was next to the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisest person that ever walked the earth. Of course, Jesus is God in the flesh. Solomon was not, but he was, he, he was wise. God gave him wisdom. But here later in his life, now watch this. 1 Kings eleven four. for it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. Wow. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went... Now, watch this. Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, did not fully follow the Lord as his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh the abomination of Moab on the hill that is east of Jerusalem and for Moloch, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord, think about that. Let's just let's just stop just for a second. Did you, did you get that? We're talking about Solomon here. We're talking about Solomon, King Solomon. Did you Did you get that? Did you did you did you get the impact of what he's doing here? I, I, again, it would be like me bringing in a statue of Buddha, and me bowing down and burning incense and bowing down and worshiping it. I mean, wouldn't that freak you out if I did that? I'd never do what Solomon did. Well, if you have that attitude, be careful. Always be on guard. It's just get. That quick, it can happen where something becomes more important to you than God. Now, verse 9, so the Lord became angry with Solomon and God warned him about having all them wives. It's not the will of God to have more than one wife. Somebody say amen." amen. Now, I can teach for hours on that too. And he warned him. God warned him about all this stuff. He did it anyway. Oh, yeah, but if God appeared to me twice and he talked to me twice and I'd never do what Solomon did. uh, (laughs) Again, having that attitude, I'd never do it. You're next on the devil's hit list, I'm telling you. You need to realize you could do. You are capable of these things just like I am. And we need to be on guard. So the Lord, verse 9, became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him how many times? Twice. Now people ask me from time to time. This occasionally they'll say, "What do you think happened to Solomon? Do you think he ever repented? Do you think he made heaven? Do you think he went to hell?" I personally believe he repented and made heaven because if you read the last book of uh, the last, really the last verse, if you will, of the book of Ecclesiastes, the last verses there, you can see as Solomon writes, you can see a broken, repentant. And so I believe he repented. Thank God we can repent. Isn't that wonderful? I believe he repented. I believe he got back right with God before he died. And so so that's good. But isn't that horrible what he did? But I'm not going to pass judgment on him because I'm capable of doing the same thing and so are you. And again, if you're sitting there saying i never do that. Again, I'm going over. The Holy Ghost wants me to go over it, over it, over again. You got that attitude. Guess what? You're next on the, on the list of having some idols. Okay? Now then, here's another one. There's just one more of these from the Old Testament. Interesting. How many remembers when they were out in the wilderness there, you know, and those fiery serpents? Did you like that? them fiery serpents start biting the people. And they were dying. And so what did God tell Moses to do? He said, take and make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and everyone who looks upon it, you know, and really believes and trusts, you know, that was an example or a type of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. How many remembers that? So Moses puts that serpent up on a pole and everyone who looks at it who's been bitten doesn't die. Okay, so that's a good thing, isn't it? That serpent on that pole, that's a good thing, isn't it? But a good thing can become a bad thing. And notice here in 2 Kings 1741, many, many years later, 2 Kings 1741, King Hezekiah, who was a good king, had to do something. Did many things, but he had to do something here. Because the people were doing something with that bronze serpent. Notice here in 2 Kings 17.41. He, Hezekiah, removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars. Cut down the wooden, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces. The, now watch what he did. He had to do what? He had to break in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it. And called it Nehushtan, Nehushtan, which means a bronze thing. So, what were they doing? They, were, they took that serpent over time and they made a god out of it, didn't they? Didn't they? Didn't they? <laughs> Come on, are you out there? They made a god out of it, gave it a name. And, and, and they were, what were they doing? They were burning incense to it. Worshipping it. Doesn't that freak you out? Freaks me out. And Hezekiah had to break it. What? What is it? Did I get it wrong? It was Second Kings 17.41, wasn't it? Wait a minute. No wonder you're sitting there looking at me funny. Come on, it's it's Alex's fault. It's all his fault. What is it now? No, it's it's Brandy's fault. It's I'm going to blame it on you. It's Bonnie's fault. Okay, now what is it 184? Okay, well let's try second kings 184. No wonder you're sitting there looking at me like you know I'm getting mad at you and you're sitting there we got Brandy didn't do anything wrong and Bonnie didn't do anything wrong and Alex He didn't do anything wrong. Okay, it's a long list. Do you forget? It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Remember in the church, when anything goes good, Jesus gets the glory. When anything goes bad, the pastor takes the blame, right? So it's just the way it is. We've known that for years. It's just the way it is. But that is my fault. Can you believe that? I made a mistake. Well, it's the first one this, this decade, so we'll... Okay, okay. Well let's try it again. No, no how many was freaking out when I was reading it had the wrong verse. And you all sitting there, nobody's gonna say nothing to me. At least Alex had to have a different translation. We were only off by a couple chapters or one chapter. Anyway, let's read this now. What did he what did he do, Hezekiah? He removed the high places. He broke down sacred pillars, cut down the wood image, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it what Nehushtan, which that just means bronze thing. But can you believe it? Now we got it right. Now if I, if this happens again and the verse is wrong, please alert me as quickly as possible. But anyway, does that freak you out? It really is in the Bible. I'm going slow. I want you to think about this. Everybody in here needs to hear this. Absolutely. If you came here today and you said, Well, now, I don't know that I need to hear this. Everybody needs to hear it. Holy Ghost has me on this. I'm not just on this. I don't just come up here and just preach what I want to. He's got me on this. You're here today. You're not here today by accident. He wants you to hear it. Why? Because it is so easy to let other things become more important to you than God. And He doesn't want that for you. Look at Psalms 106, and let's see if we can get this one right. Psalms 106, 35. And this is what the book of Psalms has to say about the Israelites, God's people, and idols. They mingled with the Gentiles and learned their works. How many of you know you need to watch who you hang around with? You need to watch who you hang around with because I tell you what, remember now, just leave that up there for a second. Uh, Solomon was hanging around with the wrong people, wasn't he? He had a lot of wives he shouldn't have had and they turned his heart, didn't they? I'm telling you, you can hang around with the wrong people and they can turn your heart and you'll start... I'll tell you a story about me. Uh, Now, there's a certain person that I started riding to school with back in 1984. And before I started riding to school with her over to Umsul. She needed a ride and and I was all too happy to give her the ride. And so she would ride with me every day. And um, before I started riding with her, um, I would listen to gospel music as I rode to school. And Kay she wasn't coming in to my car. But by the time she got done with me, guess what was playing on my radio? So you think it could never happen to you. Now, in the process of time, she had to be put out of my life, and she was, in case she went right along with her, and now I got Diane she. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Now there was no sexual stuff between me and this other woman. Nothing this long before I knew Diane. That was back in college. But but there doesn't have to be sexual stuff going on. I didn't have sexual. Relations with anyone till I was married. Had to ring on my finger with that woman right there. Can you say amen? God help me. But I'm just saying I was riding with this girl to school. And she turned my heart. Not not from the Lord. I love the Lord. But I got into some things I shouldn't have done. You understand what I'm saying? And I'll tell you what. If I'd have continued in that situation. I probably wouldn't be serving the Lord today. You got to watch who you hang around. Now you might have just come to church to hear that right there. But let's finish this. They mingled with the Gentiles. That just means the world. They got involved with the world. We need to love the world, but you don't have to run with the world. You know what I mean? And they learned. Notice they learned their what? They learned their works. And they served their their idols, which became a snare to them. They even sacrificed... They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. Now let me make myself clear. You need to understand this. The devil and demons are behind idols. They're behind like when you hear like a God of another religion. Like Allah. Allah and Jehovah are not the same. Allah is not the God of this Bible right here. And there is no Allah. You need to understand that a lot of people don't understand that they just, they think Allah is out there he's just not the one you want to be served there is no Allah satan has set that up he's behind it you need to understand that did you, you, you did you hear me did i make myself clear In buddhism any any other any other religion if you will and christianity is not a religion a religion has been made out of it christianity is a relationship with a living savior but any anything other than Christianity, of course, Judaism, of course, and we, we ought to be in Judaism. We're over. It, it, Judaism was a means to give us what? Jesus and Christianity. Is that right? Yes or no? Yes, yes it is. So notwithstanding Judaism, of course, that was God in, right in the middle of that over into Christianity. But any of these religions, and I studied them in college, any of these world religions that you can name, they're not real. They're put there by the devil to what? Deceive people. But notice here, they serve their idols. They became a snare to them. They even sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. That's, that's, that's baby killing there. Can you imagine taking your little son or daughter and taking them up to the fire and laying them on the fire of the, of the idol and letting them be burned up? Oh, we'd never do that. No, we just murder them by the millions here in this nation in abortion clinics. And the devil's behind that too. Notice verse 38. They shed innocent blood and the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Don't tell me there's not idol worship in this nation. And among Christians, it's rampant. Now, idol worship was a major problem in New Testament times. Very quickly, look at how the Apostle Paul addressed some of these things. Very quickly, let's go to Romans 1.22. Let's just read some verses here. He says, professing to be wise, this is in the book of Romans now, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed, animals and creeping things. Look at verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature, worship and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, do we see that here in the United States? Now, you you know that we do because the politicians, a lot of them will 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 move heaven and earth to save a spotted owl huh but have no problem seeing little babies be slaughtered in it by the by the multitudes is that right you start you start talking about maybe killing a whale and I'm not for killing whales but I mean you get I mean I mean this nation will go nuts you kill a whale but what about killing a baby? Idol worship this nation's polluted with it even among the Christians. Why am I teaching this so that we don't partake in it? That's why I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to give you some information to help you stay free. And if you've gotten involved in Something's more important to you than God. Repent and God will forgive you and go right on. Notice Acts 17. Acts 17 verse 16. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens. His spirit was provoked or angered within him. When he saw the city was given over to idols. Verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus. I guess I said that right. And said men of Athens I perceive... That in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. uh, I don't have an object of worship. I have a person who I worship. His name's God. The Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Think about that. They're worshiping things. They don't even know what they're worshiping. Idol worship, a problem in the New Testament days. Now, I'm going to bring it right down to where we live here in just a minute. But go to 1 Corinthians 8. Paul addressed idols again when answering the church at Corinth. They had asked him some questions. And they asked him about eating eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And he's answering the question. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. And so this is 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4. So what about eating meat... ...that has been offered to idols? He's going to answer this question. Well, we all know that an idol... And he's going to give us some good information here. He says, we all know that an idol is not really a god... ...and that there's only one god. How many of you know you put a statue up here and say it's, it's a god? How many of you know it's not a god? It's just a statue. Is that right? Correct? He says... There may be so-called gods both in heaven and on earth. And some people actually worship many gods and many lords. But we know that there's only one God, the Father, who created everything and we live for him. And there's only one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom God made everything and through whom we have been given life. However, not all believers know this. What does he mean by that? There's some people, there's like I said a minute ago, a moment ago. There's some believers think that Allah really does exist. He's just a a God over here, a different God over here. Now, the devil's behind it, all right, but how many of you know Allah doesn't exist? Is that right? But not all believers know that. And that's what he's saying here to these people. And then he says, some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that has been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods. And their weak consciences are violated. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it. and We don't gain anything if we do. What was he doing here? He was dealing with a technical issue. These people thought, well, if, because in Corinth, they had a lot of idol worship going on there. And, and, and so they'd, they'd offer this meat in the temples to the, to the idols, to the, to, the, to the false gods. But in, the, in a lot of the Christians, they didn't know what Paul knew. And so this meat would be worshipped. This meat would be offered in worship. And then after it was offered in worship, it would be sold out here to restaurant, if you will. And what Paul was saying was, is that technically that meat that was in that temple being offered to a false god, it's just still meat. Because that false god isn't really real. And whether you eat it or you don't eat it, it's not that big of a thing. In fact, it's no, and not only is it not that big of a thing, it doesn't matter one way or the other. Isn't that what he just said? But, say but, but there's a lot of people that don't know that. And so they think, talking about believers, they think that if I eat this meat that's been offered to this idol, I might go to hell. And so Paul went on to say that if, in other words, if he came into town there and he ate meat that was sacrificed to an idol, and it would cause his brother or sister to stumble, guess what? He wouldn't eat it. Now, having said that, let's just say, let's just say that we were having fellowship after service today, and we were having hamburgers out there. And everybody said, hey man, glory to God. Until I told you it just came from the temple there in Fenton. And there was a temple down there in Fenton that, that they served the, 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 some false god. And I said that they offered that meat last night to their false god. But now it's been made in a hamburger and we're going to eat it after service today. I wonder how many hamburgers would be eaten. I don't know about you, but I gotta tell you the truth. I just tell you the truth. I'd have a hard time scarfing that thing down. Wouldn't you? Now, according technically, technically, there'd be nothing wrong with it, would there? Because that God that they worshiped that hamburger to last night isn't even real, so whether we ate it, we didn't if we ate it or not, we wouldn't gain or lose anything. Are you okay? But I would have trouble personally eating the thing. I'd say, throw it in the trash and let's go out to McDonald's. But you see, now here's the thing. And I'm on this for a reason. That meat that was offered last night, this is a hypothetical situation, but that meat that was offered last night at the temple... That God that it was worshipped to? Is that even a real God? No. And so, if we want to eat the meat, it's not that big of a thing. Paul said it's no big deal. Either way, you don't gain anything or lose anything, okay? But yet, now how, many, how many would have a trouble eating that hamburger out there? I'd have trouble eating a hamburger, I'm just, just telling you. Now, and I'm certainly not going to eat it if it's going to bother John not back there. I'm picking on you. Okay, he didn't like that. I'm not going to eat it if it's going to bother Dale. Would it bother you? Would it bother you? Would it bother you, you, John? (laughs) I'm over here teaching this great sermon. He's thinking about hamburgers and what is it? May- may- mayonnaise and buns. And and by the way, I want to know, you said on Facebook the other day yeah. that I'm the second best golfer you know. Who's the best one? No comment. I think you were thinking it was yourself, but... <laughs> just when you don't think I'm paying attention. So is it a big deal if we eat the meat or not? But you know what? There was a rule of... Stop it. Unless it causes... Would, how would you... How, yeah, how would you be? I don't eat you don't eat meat. You're a vegetarian. No. Kidding. She's kidding. Would you eat it or not? I would... I, my first reaction would be no, but then if I thought about it, I think it's irrelevant. But do you see what Paul is saying? That the, I'm, I'm teaching this to the people because I want them to see that idols aren't real. They're not, they're just... It's just a bunch of, a bunch of hooey. But if, 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 and obviously my conscience is a little weak here, I'd have trouble eating the stuff. And if it caused somebody to stumble, I wouldn't do it. But you know, there was a rule of thumb given in the New Testament not to eat, be sacrificed to idols. That was a that was a rule of thumb given. If you read in over in in, in Acts, the middle of the book of Acts, you see to the to, to the uh, that that was a Jerusalem council that they had a meeting and they sent word to the Gentile believers. And one of the things they said was, they said, "Don't eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols." Now, there's no contradiction between that and what Paul was saying. Paul was giving us the technicalities. You understand that? But a good rule of thumb is. Just don't eat it because it's going to bother a lot of people. So just don't eat it. Are idols real? No. I mean, they're real, but do they really represent a false god is what I'm trying to say. No. I mean, okay. You be quiet. And I... No, I'll tell you. I'm kidding. Let's rephrase it. You answered good. I just... Are idols real? Yes. Do they represent false gods? Yes. Are the false gods real? No. Did you get that? Did you get that, Gary? Okay, I love you, brother. I just had to pick on you a little bit. Now, that man would take a bullet for me right there. Would you? Would you still after I just insulted you there? Okay. No, I love you. You're a good good man. Okay. You getting anything out of this? You learning anything? Are idols real? Yes. Do they represent false gods? Yes. Are the false gods real? Go to Revelation. I've got... You know what, Alex? Look, I'm on my last page of notes here. And everybody said amen. Amen. Revelation 2.20. So was eating food sacrificed to idols? Was it a good rule of thumb not to do it? Yes. Yes. Technically, though, Paul was saying it's no big deal. Revelation 2.20. Nevertheless, now this is Jesus, our Lord, speaking to John to the church in Thyatira. He says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel. This was the pastor's wife, actually. And God gave her time to repent. She wouldn't repent, but that's another story for another day. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. To t- and there's nothing wrong with a woman being a, a, a teacher of the word. Nothing wrong with that. But this was a not a nice woman. And that's why she's referred to as Jezebel from the Old Testament who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to what? This is a good rule of thumb not to do that. And you see, a lot of times what you see when they're eating things sacrificed to idols, you see, you need to realize this, in those temples of of those false gods, they'd have the food being sacrificed to the idols, but they'd also have sexual orgies. And that's why those religions were really popular and famous. Just the truth, because you could come and there was no restraint on sex. Just they were orgies, and so this this is what this woman was propagating. Sexual immorality and eating things sacrificed to idols. If you study it out, that's what went hand in glove. The false gods, the false temples, the idols, they'd go in there, they'd, they'd worship, they'd offer that food. And then, and then it would go out and be used it, you know, in restaurants, we'll say it that way. And then, uh, so you can understand it. And uh, then there'd be sexual immorality. And, and, and so you need to realize that a lot of times when people get into idol worship, sexual misconduct's not far behind. Okay, so I said all that good knowledge, but now let's bring it home where all of us live. And then we'll close. John 5, 21. Let's go there. And then I've got some things to say I think you'll find quite interesting. 1 John 5, 21. 1 John. 1 John. 1 John. Now this is what the Apostle John said. I think the last thing he said in 1 John 5, verse 21 Little children, he's talking to the church, he's talking to believers in Jesus Christ. And notice what he says, right to you and me, for you and me. He says what? Keep yourselves from what? Idols. Why would he say that if it wasn't a possibility that we'd give ourselves over to them? He said, keep yourselves from them. Stay away from them. Keep yourselves away from them. Now listen to this. Would Christians in the United States have uh, have and worship idols? Let me answer that faster. Yes, absolutely. I've been doing this for decades. Would Christians in the United States have idols and worship them? Absolutely, yes. Right here in Fenton, Missouri. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the American Idol premiered in 2002. How many has ever heard of the American Idol? And it runs to this present hour. I just checked it on the internet yesterday. The new season is going to be starting. So that's 2002. And you would have thought that after everything that happened on 9 11, 2001, that this nation would have turned to God and did maybe for about a week, maybe two. But then I remember 9 11, 2001 was on a Tuesday. That Wednesday, we had this place was packed with people. And it lasted about two weeks. Sad, isn't it? But the, 2001, one nine eleven in 2002, the American Idol premieres. And it ran from 2002, and it's got a new season coming up here, starting not too far in the future. Now, you would say, well, pastor, only sinners watch that. I'm sorry, you're wrong. I had a lady that attended this church back at that time, I'll never forget it, came to me at that door and she said this to me. She said, you will not see me at midweek services anymore. And I said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What do you mean? And she said, I can't come to church anymore midweek. I said, what do you mean? She said, I can't miss my idol. I What? American Idol. And I've seen very little of that lady over all these years. Now is there anything really wrong sitting and watching American Idol? No. But it's terribly wrong when you put it ahead of God. And it's sin. Many years ago. Oh, hang on every word now. Many years, I'm talking about right here in this church now. Many years ago, the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, how many of you like the St. Louis Cardinals? I'm all for them. I love them and all that. But I don't love them more than I love God. St. Louis Cardinals were playing a World Series game on a church night. And like the week before... When it, when it was for sure that that World Series game was going to be happening on a church night, I had better than two-thirds of the congregation at that time. Better, better than two-thirds. I'd say not everybody, but better than two-thirds. They came to me and they told me in no uncertain terms. You know what I mean by that? We will not be here for church when our Cardinals are playing the World Series game. Now, how many of you know I like the Cardinals? I'm all for watching them in a World Series game. I I love to watch that. I do. But, you know, last time I checked, there's somebody more important to me than the St. Louis Cardinals. And he sits on the far sides of the north. His name is God. And I don't set my schedule up around the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't care what they're playing in. I set my schedule up around the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I made a statement similar to that some years ago. It wasn't on that, that subject, but it needs Holy Ghost wants me to say it right here. I need to say it. <clears throat> Back years ago, we were in the school still before we came, bought this place and built this. Lady came up to me and she said, "Pastor, you, you made some statements in there is a little too tough for me," she said. "I'm just," she said. "She said I'm not ready to be a full time Christian." Now let me ask you a question: How could you be a part time Christian? What she was really telling me is it would have pertained to this that I'm only going to serve God when it's convenient for me. But you know, when the Cardinals are playing, then I'm not going to be. That, that, that all bets are off. Now you know that's sad, isn't it? Is that sad? Now would there be anything really wrong with canceling a midweek service and letting it play in the, the or watching the car No I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about our heart. Where is our heart? Is our heart more after the Cardinals or more after God? I've had people come to me and they've said, Pastor Terry, I can't come to a certain service because my child has. A, they had a rain out and, and and it's been rescheduled. And I just, or there's a concert going on, on on a midweek. Listen, you need to miss that service and go be with your child. Say amen. amen. Absolutely. I'm not talking about a once in a blue moon thing. I'm talking about something that's ongoing, regular. Now this cardinal thing wasn't an ongoing. It was a. It was a just a one time thing. I understand that, but still, do you see the heart motive in that? We're, not, we're No, cardinals are, what they're saying is cardinals are more important to us than Jesus. And I'm not taking that back. Why, why, why are you talking about this, Pastor? Because I don't want this idolatry to creep into your heart. Do you still love me? A lot of times people get mad at me for saying this stuff, but I'm here, I'm your best friend. I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. And you can't people keep people—you can't keep people out of trouble by always telling them what they want to hear. That's one reason this nation is in a mess it's in. It's not this nation is not in the mess that it's in because of Washington, D.C. It's not in a mess that it's in because of the Congress or the President or anything like that. This nation is in the mess that it is in because of these holy desks up here have turned from fiery flames of fire telling people what they need to hear into entertainment little pe- pastors, man, be pamby pablum-pushing pulpiteers standing up telling people what they want to hear, throwing sugar cookies to already diabetic congregation so that everybody will like the pastor. And Oh, don't you like the pastor? Oh, I like the pastor. I'm going to come back and hear him next week because he makes me feel so ugly-wiggly on the inside. I'm not called here to make you feel ugly-wiggly on the inside. I'm called here to tell you, thus saith the Lord God Almighty, whether you like it or not. And that's what a real man of God will do. And that's the reason this nation is in a a mess that it's in is because of the pulpits, period. We can tell how much you love God by the way you treat His house. I didn't have that in my notes. That just came out by the Spirit of God. You can tell, we can tell, everybody can tell how much you love God by the way you treat his house. If you came over to my house and you came in with dirty shoes on, you just walked into my house with dirty shoes on, didn't wipe them off, you wouldn't think very much of me, would you? You'd have more respect for me than that. You'd take the dirty shoes off before you came in my house. Is that right? Would you come into my house and just start beating on the walls? Or, I mean, you, you, you start take a hammer and start beating on my walls. That wouldn't be too good, would it? i have to have Alex come over and fix the stuff, you see but that would show you didn't think very much of me. We can tell how much you love God, how much you're dedicated to God, the same for you as it is me, by how you treat his house. Somebody need to hear that. Oh, just a few more things. The church picnics. How many remember them church picnics in years gone by? <laughs> Wonderful. And you, and people, I mean, we've had so many good people and you're, what? You, I mean, you're the best people because you've stuck around all these years and listened to my messages and, and, and a lot of the fair weather people, well, they've been thinned out over the years because they don't like the statements I make sometimes. But I remember those church picnics in years past, you remember? Church would start and we'd be out there and somebody would be barbecuing. Ed, I think Ed would be out there barbecuing. Ed's a great barbecuer. And somebody's got to do the barbecuing. And somebody's got to be out there with the food. And it was not food sacrificed to idols. But Ed's out there doing a great job. And somebody's got to be out there. And he had a helper or two with him. And that's great. It has nothing to do with Ed. He's doing great. But I, it was 10 o'clock. And there was almost nobody in here except the worship team and me. Maybe one or two people. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? And so I look out there. And I see there's a mass of people standing out there. How many of you know you can make an idol out of food, can't you? You know, go out there, and I walk out there. And there's bunches of people. They're up around the grill, and they're just staring at the food, talking to one another. <laughs> now, Ed had to be out there. He's cooking, okay? But we didn't need you know, we didn't need 75 other people out there. Ed doesn't need that much help, you know. He don't need any help. Too many cooks spoil the food. Is that right? The point is. What am I saying? And that happened not just that one year. It would happen regularly. And I'd have to go out there and shoo the people in. That's what the good pastor does. Get away from the idols. Come on. We're not here to fellowship first and foremost. We're here to, what are we here to do first? Worship God. Then hear the word. Then we'll go do the fellowship. You see how easy it is. I almost felt like Moses up on the mountain. Yeah, I turned around and looked. There's hardly anybody in here. I looked back through the, those windows there, and you see a bunch of people out there. They go out there. They're all looking at the, looking at the food, talking to what I say, no, 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 no. Got your motives wrong. Get get in. Get in there. I was nice about it. But said, get in there and sit down and worship God. Hear the word of God. Listen to me preach. I've got a good sermon. And then we'll come out and have the food. And then I put on the sign. You know, we have that sign out there. How many likes that sign? And and I used to put the messages on the sign. But I don't anymore. Because Diane puts the messages on the sign. Because the last message I put up, the Holy Ghost... told. And I listened to the Lord. Diane listens to the Lord. But last one I put up, I heard the Holy Ghost say to me. He said, it is right on the inside. He told me what to put on that sign. And I'm not taking it back. He said, put on there, we... We serve Jesus, not donuts. Now, am I okay? Do you love me? Now, you think about that. Because it, it has a twofold meaning. We serve Jesus, not donuts. Now, I had a lot of Christian brethren and sisters come to me and say, Pastor, we've got to get that off that side. We, we, we got. You think it's good? We got. He said, so "We we 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 got to get that off that sign. We got to take that off that sign. That can't be on that. So we got to get that off that sign. I had good people. They're good people. Love people. They're good people. They lo- love me and all. But they love God. We got to get that off that sign. That's not real welcoming to the community. And I understand that. But the Holy Ghost told me to put it out there. I put it out there, and it's the only sign we ever had out there that got vandalized. Vandalized. They came. Somebody got in the sign and they they vandalized it. So I stopped putting the signs out there. But you think about that. twofold meaning. At this church, I stand up here. Now, now we have donuts from time to time. And I'm all for it. Good, 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 good. But donuts are, is not going to be more important around here than Jesus. Amen. The bread of life is more important than donuts. And so we serve Jesus. I stand up here and I don't serve you donuts. We don't have a coffee bar. Now, we have a coffee bar afterward maybe or a donut bar or iced tea bar or whatever you know i don't bar might not be the right word to use you know there's some churches in st louis that serve beer during their service did you know that i don't know if they are anymore but that that at one time that was going on let's don't get into that but the thing of it is is we, we 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 we'll do donuts afterward But I don't stand up here and there's not a coffee bar. Do you notice we don't have people going back and getting coffee and going out and coming back in and drinking coffee during the service? I'm not going to allow that around here. Now, if you have a bottle of water, that's fine. I'll bring a bottle of water in. I stopped drinking Diet Coke, by the way. And everybody said amen. That's why I'm up here shaking. But as long as I'm the pastor of this church, we're not going to have a nonchalant atmosphere like that. Where people go out. And get a, in the middle of my sermon. Or middle of worship. Go get a coffee and bring it in. We're not doing that. I don't care if I, if I have to put a chain on the door. We're going to have more respect for God than that. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? Yes. Now, if you have a soda or something. Not a soda. But a <laughs> Diet Coke. But if you have water or something. You know that's fine. But we don't serve donuts. When I stand up here preaching to you. I serve. Yes. Who do I serve to you? I serve to you Jesus, not donuts. And then the second thing is, we bow our knee here, we serve Jesus, we don't buy our knee to donuts. Amen. I refuse to put a coffee, I refuse to put a Starbucks. If you want, what oh, a Holy Ghost straw. If you want Starbucks, there's a bunch of them, at least one of them in town, go there. You don't come to church to go to Starbucks. You come to church to worship God, hear his word, and fellowship with the brethren. You don't come to church to go to Starbucks. If you want to go to Starbucks, there's Starbucks all over the place, right? Well, I'm winning friends and influencing people. Now I'll close with the... Christian make God. Christians make God's... Uh, move that I want to put my foot there thank you Christians make God's idols out of many things did you know that sports Have you ever done that I did it golf used to be my God hobbies food fellowship boyfriends girlfriends I don't have husbands and wives on here I think that after you're married a while, that kind of wears off. (laughs) How am I doing, Joyce? Boy, Ella, you look so pretty. I like you. You're a good girl. I like your brother, too. He's a good guy. He's cool. Boyfriends, girlfriends, children. You know you make God out of your children? Pets, jobs, things, money. How many of you know you can't serve God and money? S- oh, speaking of cell phones, that's a big. You could use that as a weapon, man. <laughs> did you know? Did you know where most of America is right now? They're staring, in the fair, and, and they're staring in their cell phone. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. I have one. Thank God for them. Great invention. But how many of you know? That this shouldn't be more important than God. Is that right? Come on now. list goes on and on. Now I've got to close with this. Fantasy football. I had that. I've fought wars with all these things over the years. Now is there anything wrong with fantasy football? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm all for it. Nothing wrong with it. In one year, the fantasy football guys gave the money that they raised to the church. And we sent it to missions. So that's all good. But is it wrong when it becomes more important to you than God? Is it wrong when the main reason you come to church is for fantasy football? And that leads me to my favorite subject, the Rams. Now you hear how people are going, yeah, yeah, yeah." but you know, there was a day it wasn't that way. Do you remember when the Rams were on their run to the Super Bowl? How many remembers that? Absolutely. On their way to the Super Bowl. And, uh. I could see it in this church and the Lord showed me in the spirit about a lot of the Christians in St. Louis. This city, and I'm just going to put it in good, I, I don't, I, I'm just going to say it the way the King James would say it. The Christians in this city went a-whoring after the Rams. Now I'm for the Rams, I'm glad they won. I was, was all for them, all, not against it. I watched the games, all good but is it wrong when they're more important than God? And I saw when they were on that first run to the Super Bowl, this city, I'm talking Christians now, and even in this church, at that time, going nuts. I mean, going nuts, going crazy nuts. And I let it go and let it go, didn't say anything, didn't say anything, just let it go, which I normally do. And and, and I got in a pulpit one day, And the the, the Spirit of God dealt with me and the Word of the Lord came to me right on the inside. Just almost, that time it was almost like somebody behind me had to turn around and look. So strong. And he said, tell them that a lamb died for them on the cross, not a ram. And when I said that, I know how Jesus felt after he preached his sermon there in Nazareth. And they wanted to take him out to the brow of the cliff and throw him off. Because that's the only time I thought I was going to get mobbed after the service by not everybody, but most of the people that were here. That was not a popular statement. It was not received well. And some people left over that. But I stand by it. Because... A lamb died on Calvary, not a ram. I'm talking about where we all live here now. I'm not talking about 4,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about right here, right now. And people were upset with me. They were mad at me. I'm talking about idol worship. You think about that. You know, pastoring's not all that's cracked up to be. But, years come and go. And by the way, I, I remember I was over at a person's house watching. A, it was a, didn't they win twice? Did they win twice? They won two Super Bowls, I think. Did they just win one? Well, I guess it was that one then. Because was that the one right at the end of the game where the, where the, the opponent was about to go over the line and somebody tackled him just like inches short of the line? And he tried to reach and he couldn't get. When that play was going on, I saw a Christian man who I never. I mean, that man turned into somebody different. I mean, I mean, I'm glad he didn't have a machine gun in his hand or a, or a chainsaw or anything else. Because I think now, now, now that same guy, you come to church, get him to worship the Lord. I mean, he's going to stand there like a statue. But when it came to the Rams, how many of you know we got to keep God first? I mean, you know we ought to get as excited and more excited about God than we do Rams winning a game? Is that right? Yes. But anyway, all the years come and go. And guess who left you? Rams. And so I stood up here and I said, I said to the people, I said, you know what? The Rams left you and forsook you, but the Lamb never will. Yeah. Can anybody say amen to that? Yeah. So I just want to say this to you. Elijah said this. He said, uh, how long will you waver between two opinions? He told the people. He said, if God be God, serve him. And if Baal be God, serve him. Remember when, when the false prophets, they tried to call fire down in the name of Baal and nothing happened. And Elijah called on the name of the Lord and the fire came down. How many remembers that? You remember that? How long will you halt waver between two opinions? Whatever it is you're serving in your life that's not, that, that, that's not the Lord, you put it up ahead of God, let me tell you, that thing will eventually fall. Just like the rams, they eventually left the area. Now when you say rams in here, you get boos. Back there then, you got cheers. But you see, people made a God out of them. But you see, that idol will always leave you a day late and a dollar short. You know what I mean by that? That idol will always cause you it'll always it'll always leave you, it'll always hang you out to dry. No matter what it is. I remember with Dagon. Remember Dagon, that false god, that fish god, the Ark of the Covenant came in right next to it. How many remembers that? And, and, that, and, it, and they came in to see it the next morning and that, that fish god had fallen to the ground. How many remembers that? So they set it up there again. People tried to set their idols back up. Set it up. They came in the next day it had fallen off again. Only this time the head and the, and the, and the arms were broke off. How many remembers that? Your idol will always fall. I'm going to be like Joshua. He said to the people, he said, Choose this day whom you're going to serve. He said, if you're going to serve the gods of your fathers and so forth and the idols and whatnot, go ahead. But he said, as for me and my house, and as for this church, we are going to serve the Lord. Stand with me if you would. I went a little long, but I'm not going to apologize. You needed to hear it. I went in overtime. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stand there and bow your heads, please. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to judge yourself. The Bible said that if we judge ourselves, we'd not...